1: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
0: My guest is Spring Sutherland, who during her near-death experience encountered Jesus, and today we're going to learn about it. Spring, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome. Thank you. All right, Spring, if you don't mind... Can we start on the day that your near-death experience happened and go from there?
1: Sure. I was um, five years old back in 61. So this happened quite a few years ago. And um, a neighbor, her car had stalled on our dirt road. And there are several houses on the dirt road. Well, back in that day, you could get in front of the car, push it backwards, and push it forward. And they would try to start the ignition to get it started. And me being five, I thought I could get in there with the big boys and play too. So I decided that I was going to help push the car. Well, in the meantime, my father had said, you kids get out of the way. And so they pushed the car forward, and it wouldn't start they proceeded everybody to go into the front of the car to push it back in order to push it forward. Again, I stayed behind the car Poor choice. And so when the car, when they started pushing the car back, the bumper hit me in the chest and when I fell, the tailpipe caught my dress that Instantly took me out of my body. I was hovering over the car and I could see my arm thrashing from underneath the side of the car. And somebody said, stop, there's somebody underneath the car. I didn't know it was me because I was just looking down and watching this arm just slinging all over the place. And so um, and one, one note, every voices and all their voices were monotone. There was no excitement, no yelling, but yet they were. And so when they stopped the car, um, it took me to above the telephone pole. And my soul was hovering over the whole place and they had my body out from underneath the car. And the driver, which, if it's not your time, the Lord's gonna provide a way. This driver was a nurse and she happened to start working on me. Well, while she was working on me and doing CPR or whatever she was doing, because it was like I had tunnel vision. I could only focus on everybody around the car, me. Um, The voice said, look up. And there was a light. And so I focused on the light. And I didn't feel the sense of going through the tunnel, but I felt the sense the light was coming to me. And it was like a pendulum. The light, the closer it got to me, the larger it got until I was, just engulfed in this light and there was the golden gates and one side of the gate was open all around me was just absolutely peaceful colors that you can't even imagine here on this earth which i still yet to see those colors um and the veil or the cloud gray blue cloud started lowering, and I said, is this where Jesus is? I want to see my Jesus, and instantly, I was in his presence, and so I was just so loved, so calm, so peaceful, that I could just bask in that forever, so I asked Jesus, I said, can my mom come? (laughs) And he said, soon. He said, but you have to go back. You will be a witness. I'm five years old. I I didn't know what a witness was going to be. And so he told me I would be a witness. And if you want to see what Jesus looks like, Google the peace of Prince, because that's the closest that... I have ever seen a picture here. And so the next, we talked, but I can't remember all that we talked about. And so he said, well, you have to go back. And I said, well, I don't want to go back. And he said, no, you have to. When he, And he reached his hand out. And I was on the other side of the gate and I said, I don't want to go, I'll be alone. And he said, You will never be alone. So the next thing that I knew, I heard music in heaven. And then when I came back to my body, I was in the back seat of the car and I opened my eyes. But when I entered my body, it was like, and Instantly I was back in my body. I don't know how long I was gone. I had no sense of time, but it was a short period of time to me. And when I opened my eyes, they were um the driver was blowing the horn. And um we were running a red light. And then I went out again. So got to, I guess we got to the hospital because I went out again unconscious this time. And uh, the, uh, I guess at some point in time, I don't know if it was when I went back to the doctor or if I was in the hospital, I don't remember. But the doctor said if the car would have went one more inch, I would have died. And I told my dad, I said, I did die. Mm-hmm. And he said, but you're here now. And so nobody believed me. They actually thought oh, when you was unconscious, you were dreaming. You were this, you were that. But it didn't happen. Well, to me, yes, it did. It was for real. Oh, it was just beautiful. The love, the peace it's It was just so surreal. And I remember my dad cradling me. I don't know how many days he held me. But I remember the first time I looked in the mirror. And from my chest up was nothing but blood red. And even the pupils of my eyes were red. I was not happy. I didn't didn't want to come back. I wanted to stay there in in that um, loving, peaceful place. And so I don't know how long it took me to heal, but um, I remember I could tell what some kids my age were going to do. And so, like, for an example this one twins that we, I would play with, I could, I could tell what they were going to be doing next. Okay. And I didn't like that feeling. I didn't want to know. And I said, don't hit me with that gun. Well, back then, you know, those play guns were heavy and she turned around and she hit me. I knew she was going to do it. And I asked her not to do it, but she did it anyway. And I was not allowed to play with those kids anymore. Mm. Um then when I was in a uh, school, I could t- um hear kids calling me names and telling me what to write on the chalkboard, how to spell words. And that was confusing to me because it was like, just leave me alone. I don't want to hear this. So I finally asked the Lord, I said, I can't stand this. I don't want to know what what they're going to do next, or what they're thinking or talking about. I don't want to know that. And I got the German measles when I was eight, and I was running such a high fever. After that, it it was gone. I couldn't really predict what they were going to do or what they were going to say or what they were thinking, and I was just so thankful for that because it was just too much for me to handle. I was just too little, and I was still mad (laughs) for coming back. I was not happy about that. But um, I remember going back a little bit further after I was recovering. I was so upset, and I was sitting out in the yard one day, and I was by myself, and I was like, I'm so upset. And I said, Lord, I said, God, you told me I was not going to be alone. And I heard this voice and she said, do you want to play ball? I said, yes. Well, it was an orb. Hmm. She was playing with me with the an orb and I was playing outside and the orb was bouncing and dancing and I was trying to catch it. And then my mother called and I said, I gotta go. I gotta go. And so I've never seen the orb since then. But I've had um, visitations from angels, and I can't look straight at them. I can see them in my peripheral vision, but if I look at them, they disappear. And they give me words of knowledge about what is going on, what may happen, or what will happen. And I find that really intriguing, and, and I'm so thankful for that because... You know, the spiritual realm knows what you can handle and what you can't. And so um, I have dreams of flying, that I will fly over rivers and mountains and treetops. But I have a hard time landing because when I land, I'm just like, there it is, back in my body again. And I just get that feeling. Um, Another thing that I noticed, and if I'm rambling, you have to tell me to slow down, but another thing that I noticed, and I don't know if any of your NDEs has experienced this, but I could never wear and can't wear a wind-up watch. There's so much electricity or energy in my body that it will Shut down that a wind up watch. So I couldn't wear a watch until they came out with a battery operated watch. And when they did come out with a battery operated watch, that watch last that battery in that watch lasted me over eight years. Didn't have to change the battery. Maybe it was because it was a boulevard, I don't know. <laughs> and um but um, that um when my sister, my I lost my sister um, about 12 years ago of cancer, and I had four angels to appear in my peripheral vision, and I was just sitting there thinking of her and what she was going through, and I felt so bad for her. And I had four angels to appear in my peripheral vision. And I think two of them was my parents. The other two, I don't know. I couldn't see. And they said, we've come to take Pam home. Are you going to be okay? And I said, yes. And then... um, She came to me in a dream, and she said, you want to see my angel? I said, yeah. And so we were sitting and having coffee like we used to. And the angel she showed me was almost like a blob, but it was just so tall and just sparkles of lights everywhere in, in the angel. And I thought that was just so cool. I mean, so I, um, yeah, that went through. And then I was also told that I would be a Sunday school teacher. And I'm going, there's no way I'm going to teach Sunday school. No. And sure enough when i when my daughter was born, and we were going to church, I was a Sunday school teacher, and I just thought, well, I am the least among all of you. Who am I to teach little kids the Bible? You know And uh, so um yeah, that's um, that's basically. My story.
0: You've had an amazing life, and thank you for sharing it with us.
1: You're quite welcome.
0: One thing that I found fascinating, and I've never heard this before, is that you heard the people talking in monotone. Right. But they really weren't. They were emotional, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Why do you think they were talking that way, or why, did you, why do you think you heard it in monotone?
1: I don't know. Um... Because every time, like the first time when I was above the car and they stopped the car, somebody's underneath it, um, it was just like you and I talking now. And then when um, the owner of the dairy, he said, I'm going to run, get my car. And that's when I went to the telephone pole, uh, about the telephone pole and looking down. But... To me, it was just so monotone. There was, I knew something was going on, but it was like, and, Mm -hmm. you know, but it is, it's strange Mm -hmm. that it was all monotone because I couldn't hear or understand the frantic that they must have been going through. Mm -hmm. But it was all monotone.
0: You know, I guess maybe your senses are dulled or something as well. And another thing I find fascinating is right before your injury you were out of your body, so you didn't feel pain. That's, None. That's another common thing that I hear, especially with
1: automobiles. Yeah. And the what is so funny? And strange, too, because I believe that I did have that hedge of protection around me. I mean, the nurse was there to, you know, um, start with CPR and life-saving techniques on me. And I thought, well, that was pretty cool to me because that in itself was just a miracle. Um. And I forgot what I was going to say, but um, it, what get, oh yeah, I know, what gets me is I was, I must have been rolling underneath between the tires and the back seat underneath there. I was not hit by the tire, I was not hit by the axle it you know and when jesus touched me he really healed me and because it was so close to death that it, it'd been so easy just one little slip and i wouldn't be here to tell the story but it everybody it's just like everybody had a role to uh save me
0: now it sounds like you describe Jesus like the painting made by that young girl. Is that correct? correct?
1: Correct. The facial hair the eyes, the eyes were just so loving, so peaceful, so unconditional um and welcoming. and I felt like I was at home and but um you know he it was just amazing, so I um. I do love the Lord. I'm a Christian, you know, but I also believe in Native American beliefs and I believe in Buddha. And I think we're all connected. We're we're all connected. And none of us is ever alone. You may feel alone, but you're not.
0: Did you get that sense when you were on the other side that we're all connected?
1: I did. Um, It was was just... uh, so it, it was everything. It, it, it everything is part of everything, and it um, it it was just we, we felt oneness with every, the universe, and with I, I didn't see anybody there because I was five. So I think my maternal grandmother had passed away, but. I didn't see anybody. It was just me and Jesus having a conversation, and I forgot a lot of the conversations. But then I get uh, little snippets or flashbacks um, all through my life. That hey, there was this happened here. So it's amazing. Don't fear death. You know, look forward to it. I feel sorry and I feel compassion to those who's left here, who's lost loved ones and they're here. And it, it, I feel for them, but I rejoice in those who have departed because I know where they are, because we are all connected.
0: When you got a glimpse of heaven, did you just see nature or did you see people there too?
1: Well, the the gates were just glowing in a, a gold hue. I mean, it was just, but Jesus was in um, a white garment and I seen his hand and his face and his eyes, just beautiful. But as far as seeing anybody else, uh, no, because when I was at the gate and I said, is this where Jesus is? I want to see my Jesus. I was with Jesus. And it, it was just him and I. I didn't have um, a life review because I didn't have a life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I didn't see anything else. that was Just beautiful colors. That was amazing. The colors. The colors all the colors, and we've yet to see, maybe the Lord will bring us some of those colors too, but uh, no, I didn't see anything else. It was just all white and gold, and, and the gates of heaven was just so beautiful, absolutely beautiful, just golden gates, and they opened, and it was amazing.
0: Can you recall any of the conversations that you had with Jesus?
1: Uh, Just the one that, um, because I asked him if my mother could come and he said soon. And uh, I asked him, um, uh, he he told me that I had to go back, that I would be a witness and that uh, I didn't really have a choice. To stay or go because I had to come back. And like I said, uh, just some of the conversations that he told me I would never be alone, that I would always, he would always be there. And that, um, yeah, that I can't remember too much more than that.
0: When you said he healed you by touching you, was it there when you were with him or did he go and touch your body?
1: He he touched me and it was just like he held his hand out and and it just he touched me and that's when he was sending me back when he touched me. So I was on my way back. So I don't know and I can't remember if it Physically touched me, or if he just held out his hand and the energy hit me, mm-hmm. his energy. So, and his love. I mean, it just, but I don't remember him, you know, I not there's so much that I don't remember. And, to, um, but yeah, he just reached out his hand and he said that I had to go back. And next thing I know, I'm on the other side of the Golden Gate and going back. But I don't remember going back through the tunnel. I just remember lying in the backseat of the car and going and opening my eyes and hearing the horns and seeing the red light. And then I went out again.
0: Now, it's been quite a long time since you had this experience. Yes. Has the memory of it faded, or is it still as real today as the day it happened?
1: Parts of it is real um, today, and the um, some of it has faded because, like I said, I have forgotten some of the conversations that we had or we spoke about, and uh, it. But I get um, just little snippets and dreams uh, that I have uh, of that time. But there, I don't know how long after I was home that um, I kept trying to talk about it. And nobody would believe me. And I think my father believed me because he was in World War II and he he was 70% disabled, but I believe he believed me, but didn't want to talk about it. So nobody wanted to talk about it. That was um, a conversation that was off topic. So I kind of just pushed it back in my brain and deep in my subconscious that, um, you know, my family, some of my family members still don't believe me. You know, but, uh, it, it's real and it's exciting.
0: I really like the story about the orb. Do you remember what color the orb was?
1: Silver with a a little bit of a glow around it. And the angel that was there, um, I couldn't see her, but she just asked me if I wanted to play ball. Hmm. And that's when she started dancing that ball around for me to play with and it was uh it was really fun because for five years old and playing with an orb and it I couldn't touch it, couldn't reach it uh but it was a dancing and bouncing and I was chasing that I was having fun with that orb but uh then I had gone back. <laughs>
0: Do you have any idea who the angel was at that time?
1: No, I was, um, you know, little kids, five years old. I didn't really, you know, like I said, too, as I ever look at the angels that I've seen, Uh, they were in my peripheral vision and I could make out that they were angels and the wings. Uh, them, to me, to a little girl they were 6 to 8 feet tall um, and spread out but uh, when she uh, changed into an orb and started just dancing I mean it was just dancing right above my head just far enough where I couldn't reach it but I wanted to jump up and touch it and um, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't do it
0: it's interesting that you say that it was tall because even adults that I've had as guests sometimes describe angels as being really tall.
1: Mm-hmm. They are. The wing stands are beautiful um, from what I've seen in my peripheral vision. And uh, they yeah, they're, they're beautiful. I mean, they're just white and they're just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Would you
0: say they've got that kind of energy, translucency kind of glow to them, or are they more solid?
1: The angels were like a beautiful cloud, a thick, beautiful cloud that just is near. And you can sense their presence. You can sense their energy, their love. And they always come in peace. You know, um... I um, but yeah, it, it's just they're look solid in your peripheral vision, but they're also translucent white, and it, they're beautiful.
0: Now you said you heard music. Can you describe the music that you heard?
1: Yeah, it's um. It was a soothing, um, like soft horns, and it, there was no, um, it was just soft horn music. And this is where I got a little confused, because I knew I heard music in heaven. But when I come back, it came back and I woke up in the back of the car, the horn was also blowing. So I was a little confused when I was trying to wake up if that was the horns in heaven or if it was, a, you know, I didn't know it was a car horn until I seen the red light and then heard the horn. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are soft horns playing music and I can't describe the tune. They're just indescribable, but it was soft and soothing. And so, yeah.
0: It's pretty common for my guests to tell me that they're angry when they come back because they didn't want to come back. How long do you think you were angry for?
1: I was angry for years. um, And I was hurt. I felt disappointed that I had to come back, but I understood it um as time went on then um i it probably took me 6 or 7 years to really uh say okay i'm here for the long haul and accept it and i think that when i felt the anger out and the hurt um there was always something that happened that would calm me down or say it's okay to be angry, it's okay to feel frustrated. Um, but you've got this to do, you're gonna be doing this. And so I um went after I lost my parents. I was I was really mad at God then because I was close to my mother. And so I started, that's when I started my rebellion. I went through um, experimenting with drugs. Uh, I stole my brother's car, flipped it, totaled it. Um, really just showing out. And that's when I was 14, 15 when I did that. And then when I started experimenting with drugs, um, and then I had a decision to make and this small, still voice said, you have a choice to make. You can either have drugs or you can have your family. Which one do you want? Well, I chose my family and i s- stopped all the drugs i had you have when you stop doing drugs you have to let all your so-called friends go they 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 got to go they got to get out of your life because it it's not good um if you're going to get off your alcohol your drugs or whatever you got to get away from those friends so-called friends and um it took me five years to get pregnant with my daughter so it was um a little bit of a test but it was worth it because I have beautiful daughter and um a grandson now so choose your family Hmm. make make wise choices do you think that you are
0: so angry that people that other people saw it and just said, Oh, Spring's just an angry child?
1: You know, um they said they didn't know what was wrong with me. I should straighten up and make correct choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because at the time I was living with my brother. And um so they were trying um And that's when my sister-in-law got me in church and got me, you know, um, some stability, but I, I just thought, Hey, I have the world by the tail and I'm going to shake her up. And little did I know that I had to go through all of that to get where I was. Mm -hmm. So the, you know, the spirit world, the, the Lord, put me in these situations so that I could grow and learn and teach others, hey, this is what decisions you need to make. And I think it was just, um, I think when I met my first husband is, is when I really started saying, yeah, I need to straighten up. I, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I, I get your spirit. I'll um, choose family. And so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure that they probably thought, what's it going to take to get her over this? Because back then, you didn't have um, psychology, you know, you had church. You went to church to get that um, path, to try to get on that uh, right path.
0: Are you still having any paranormal experiences even today?
1: Yes. Um, my, my brother passed away from, um, this about five months ago in October, he passed away. And he was in a facility in uh, Let's see. And then he fell and broke his hip and he was in the hospital and I had to go. He was going to have to go to rehab. And I said, uh, you know, um, I got to go get his things for him to get ready to go to rehab. And that this angel spirit world. Said, he won't need them. And I said, yeah, he will. He's going to rehab tomorrow. And they said, no, he won't need them. I said, yeah, he will. I told his son I would take him his things. And um, I didn't take him out of my car. And so the next morning, um, the hospital called and said they had to put him on life support. And that I said, are you calling in the family? And they said, yes. And so when I got to the ICU and he was on life support, um, I had an apparition of him being in the corner, upper corner of his room. And so I held his hand and I told him, I said, Leah, He loved 68 Dodge chargers.
0: Hmm.
1: I said, get in your 68 Dodge charger. And I said, look for the light and go to the light. I said, it's okay for you to go. And the life support machine went, started beeping, beep, beep, beep. And the light started going off. And I knew, you know, that it was this time he was going to go. I think I shouted him over, across to the other side. And um but yeah, I, I really felt his spirit right there in the upper corner of that room. So when somebody's in coma or life support, they hear you. Mm. So um I think that I hope I answered your question.
0: Yeah, you did. What do you think inspires you about your experience?
1: To help others to to I look and I want to others to be inspired and be encouraged. Don't be discouraged because we have each other and you're not alone. So my inspiration really comes from the spiritual world. Um, They inspire me to tell the story, to share. So I hope it helps somebody. Mm-hmm.
0: If you had a friend who just lost a family member, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: To just know that they're they're good. They they are always with you and you're not alone. And you can talk to them. And just like you and I are talking. And I have conversations in my head with the spiritual world and um, you can talk to them and they hear you. Trust me, they know that you are there. And look for signs. um, For the confirmation. My sister, um, she um, loved owls. And at her funeral going to the grave there's a huge two to three foot owl on this post um, going into there and look for signs. I mean, there's signs everywhere. And so um, after my parents, after my mother died, um, I, um, the song I can see clearly now, because it was a year before I could even smile or laugh. But then when that song came out, it spoke to me. So let's look for little things, songs that really touch you. Um, everywhere I have ever moved. Uh, there's my mother's favorite flower was the lily. And everywhere I have ever lived, there's a wild lily growing. And the yard. Just one wild lily. So they send me signs from beyond. And um, it's amazing. And it's a journey. Listen to the signs. When I um, was wondering if I should have married my first husband or not. Um, Tanya Tucker came out with a song. And the song uh, was spring. And I knew then that I was supposed to marry my husband, my first husband, because that song spring came out and I go, there's signs everywhere, everywhere there's signs. You just have to open up your third eye or your heart and look for them." They'll tell you. They'll let you know they're there.
0: All right, Spring, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you?
1: My email is spring, just like my first name, at AOL.com. And my first Facebook page is uh, Spring Sutherland on Facebook, so they can... Email me, message me. Um, wish I had a book for you guys, but I don't mm. think it would, it would be a short book.
0: Mm. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: Look up. That's where it all is. Just look up and know that they're looking down. They they know your loved ones, uh, your family, your pets, they, they they will send you signs and just keep looking up and take love wherever you go and one way that you can take love with you wherever you go is to learn life saving techniques because who knows it may be a six-month-old child choking on a fish cracker and that you saved Yeah.
0: Spring, thank you for that message. And thank you again for being my guest today. I really appreciate you. And I wish you an amazing rest of the week.
1: Oh, you also, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Thank you for your patience of getting me here. (laughs) It's it's been a while, so it was really enjoyable Mm -hmm. to uh, join you today. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you and have a great day.
1: You also.